Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani with the Rudy Giuliani Show on, of course, one of the most important days of the year, the birthday of the greatest nation on earth, the United States of America, and the birth date of the document, the Declaration of Independence that not only led to our liberty, but probably to liberating more people from bondage than any document ever written by any man or person. I believe... It was the hand of God that guided Thomas Jefferson who wrote that document because its words are perfect and they are an inspiration to those who are oppressed to overcome their oppression. Even when you think about the fact that during the time that he wrote it, it was a nation that was in part in slavery. It was a challenge to that slavery. It was a direct contradiction to that slavery. Jefferson was a man who wanted to end slavery, but didn't have the votes. Some might say the courage. Others might say the votes and practicality to do it. But he put poison pills in, in the Declaration, as the founders did in the Constitution. It's impossible to live up to that Declaration and not end slavery. Jefferson wrote that, and he feared the day it would happen. So when we look at American history, the good, the bad, let's balance it, huh? A lot more good than bad. In fact, so much more good that it's the only country on earth people really want to come to. Well, I have to start with what I'm watching, you know, on television, as you probably are, for the last uh, hour or so, and that is the people shot and killed in Highland Park, uh, Chicago. I don't know if you know Highland Park. I do somewhat. It's a upscale suburb of Chicago, uh, about 25 miles outside of Chicago, uh, equivalent maybe to Garden City, hmm? could be, maybe Scarsdale in the other direction, Bergen County, that kind of thing. The population's, I think, about thirty to 40,000. Uh, they had a 4th of July parade. I, I'm sure not a very, I, I shouldn't say this, I don't know, but I'm sure it wasn't a gigantic parade, not like the one we have in Staten Island uh, every, every, every year that just took place. Uh, but, a, but I'm sure a wonderful, beautiful hometown America parade. And right at the very start of it, a... Uh, Medium-sized white male, described as between the ages of 18 and 20, open fire. And uh, don't know yet what kind of weapon he used, at least I haven't seen a description of it. Uh, And I do know the area a bit. I'm looking at a map of it right now. It's a bit of a confined area. You know, not it's not like a Fifth Avenue parade. Don't think Fifth Avenue parade. Think more like Travis Parade in Staten Island if you've, if you've if you if you have ever been there, and um, so far now it is started off at six dead. I think it's now seven dead. Twenty four seriously injured and rising. I, I I just say that with a certain amount of hesitation because I find it 
hard to say. No matter how much I've been through this, even as a professional, uh, it's never it's never easy when this happens. Uh, it happened at the start of the parade. They say it looks like one shooter. It's a lot of shooting for one shooter, but I'm, I'm not disputing that it's one shooter. It could very easily be. And um, I, I, I imagine it's going to be the headline of what once again was an extraordinarily violent Fourth of July, the third one in a row. Instead of becoming a celebration of the freedom of this great nation, this great nation that is under attack by its own president, as being systemically racist, uh, now the 4th of July becomes a question of how many die. Uh, I, I think it was in the hundreds last year. I'm not sure. but um, Just in Ohio on Sunday, uh, there was an eight-cop bullet barrage. Uh, this guy, uh, Walker was being stopped. He refused to stop. He turned around. He shot at the police, took off. They took off after him. They shot and killed him. I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions about how that happened. And uh, unlike a shooting, had that been, uh, oh, let's say, um, the white kid that was shot, this will become a, you know, a major problem. Uh, and I am saying that out of pure non-racism, in other words, uh, out of being honest about what actually uh, go, goes on, it's like the difference between uh, the shooting at Christmas time when the guy went into all the people because he hated uh, white, white, uh, white people and then the shooting in Buffalo. One got a great deal of attention and the other did not, although in both cases it was racially inspired murder. Uh, one was black on white and the other was white on black. Uh, they feed each other. And when you don't deal with one, you exacerbate the other. We had a child that fell off a balcony in Harlem. Let's hope it was an accident. Let's hope, let's pray. The, the parents, which I will not emphasize, do have a history with the city and with the uh, Administration for Children's Services, which has had some pretty bad cases lately and seems to have deteriorated greatly since last I was in contact with it during the Bloomberg administration. I should tell you I have a great deal of connection to the Administration for Children's Services because I started it under Nick Scapetta, and it was... Um, was copied all over the country as an example of the best way to take care of a problem you can never perfectly take care of, which is the lack of parents. I don't know where Biden is able to find the number of liars he accumulates for his administration, but he when he does the when he does the background check, they must be asked questions like. Are you able to lie with a straight face? Do you mind smiling while you're lying? And does it bother you that your lying leads to the death of human beings? Well, that would explain uh, Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas. 
uh, trying to blame the 53 dead people who died in the migrant truck. I don't know who he's trying to blame it on now. I think he's trying to blame it on Governor Abbott. Last time I checked, immigration is the responsibility of the United States of America, not the state of Texas. The only reason the state of Texas has to intervene is because you, Mallorcas, and your senile boss are getting people killed left and right. You are allowing, so far, 3 million people into this country illegally. That's what we know about. Got to be at least another million. You're setting records for fentanyl deaths. They are directly attributable to your inability to control the border. Fentanyl comes from China. It comes from China, 90% of it, through the Mexican cartels, delivered to Mexican cartel agents right here in the United States. Do you know how fast a competent president and a competent head of Homeland Security could stop that? It's a coordinated crime. If you can't stop a coordinated crime, quit. Because you're endangering the lives of people. And then you go ahead and you lie and lie and lie and blame other people. Blaming Governor Abbott. He didn't open the borders of Texas. He didn't say at the Democratic Convention, why don't you all swarm here? Swarm here is what Biden said. And then you lie and say you send them back and you don't. And now, now you are so darn happy that the Mexican policy won't return so we can get another million people illegally. Look, why don't, you, why don't you just tell the truth? You want to destroy this country so that we can be, what, what, did, what did you call it? One big liberal order? Isn't that it? Or, or, or is it communism? Which is it? Stop the lying. I'm sorry I have to talk about these things on July 4th. I wish I could talk about the great history of this country and the beauty of this country and the wonderful things that we've done and the people that we've liberated. And gosh, I remember a July 4th, a couple of years ago, I was over in France and I was right, right, right there where we landed in Normandy. And I went to a restaurant and I played, I played the national anthems of the United States and France and the United, and, uh, and, uh, United Kingdom. I didn't play Russia's. Uh, and some people, some French people, asked me to put it lower. They asked me to put it lower. French people, people who, who I had just left a grave looking at hundreds, if not thousands, of American young men who never had a life in order to liberate the French people. And they wanted me to put my national anthem and their national anthem lower. We were both sitting outside, and I told the waiter no. And not only didn't I put it lower, I put it louder. And I stood up, and I waited for him to come over to me. And of course, as often they do, the French surrendered. It was Colin Powell who said, we're the only country in the world that has lost hundreds of thousands of its young men and women to save other people, and all we ask for is a quiet piece of ground in order to bury our dead. 
We don't want to take anything from you. We just want you to have liberty also. We'll be back very shortly. Rudy Giuliani. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is the Rudy Giuliani Show back with you. Only in America. You hear that? Never got from anywhere. You know, this, this country, uh, uh, I know we are inundated in our schools because of the influence of communism now, but really since the 1930s on and off, and uh, who knows what it is, what, what, the, what this wokeism is all about uh, completely, but it is about hatred of America. Uh, part of it I've always thought, because I've argued with them since I was a child, since I was a Democrat, I argued with them. One of the reasons I left the Democrat Party, uh, when I was a Democrat, there were lots of Democrats who loved America, lots of Democrats. All my friends who were loved America. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it kept changing, it kept changing, it kept changing. If you didn't criticize, you, you weren't as smart as they were. You, you weren't as bright. Now, I actually thought I was smarter. I, I read more than they did. I, I read uh, uh, Russian history, Chinese history. Uh, at one point in my life, I even now I'm an avid reader, but I, I could read two books a night. And I, I, every time I would argue with them, they didn't know what they were talking about. So I changed. And, I, you know, well, sometime we'll go through the whole story of how I changed. It was a long, long time ago. Uh, it was 1980s, 70s, 80s. So, but it, it was some of the same reasons as today. But, I mean, let, let me just get you through this shooting for a moment. Uh, we, don't, we just don't know that much about it yet. Highland Park, Illinois, it's a uh, typical middle America, like we have in Travis, uh, uh, Staten Island. I love that parade, by the way. I wasn't able to go today for certain reasons that I'll explain to you later. But I wish I could have. A male, 18 to 20, described as a white male, medium build, so far, he, uh, six dead, 24 seriously injured, but many more, uh, many more, I believe, taken into the hospital. So I am afraid that number is going to change. It's going to change for the, for the worse. He's still an active shooter. They're still looking for him. Uh, it happened at the start of the parade. It looks like one shooter. It's 25 miles north of Chicago. It's in a low, what would be described as a low crime upper-middle-class area. Um, and I think Jeff from the Bronx wanted to ask a question about it. So let's call on Jeff. No, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn Heights. You'll have to forgive me. Oh, you're me, from uh, Brooklyn. You are from yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I, I wrote it down wrong. It's my fault, Jeff. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's Look, fine. Okay, I that's was from Brooklyn, too. I, I'd be upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the thing is that, look, uh, you know, these mass shootings... Uh, you can't tell me they aren't arranged in some way. And the thing is that it seems to me that the only time when these mass shootings are going to stop is when they're, when they're politically de-incentivized. How to do that? When the and the patriots begin to adopt the line, oh, you had a shooting here? Fine. Mr. and Miss America, this is why you need a gun. Okay, and people start to agree with that. Then you'll see all these incidents stop. 
because all these incidents are politically motivated. Well, I, I, I guess, you know, uh, in a way, the answer is most of them do have a political motivation. Very often, though, Jeff, the political motivation isn't the – it's kind of like some weird subset of a political motivation, some weird concoction of it. You know, not – it's not like the usual thing we're fighting about. And we don't know yet about this guy, right? We don't know who this 18 to 20-year-old white guy is and why the heck he's shooting up the people in, in a pleasant, uh, lovely place like Highland Park. So I think we should probably wait just a little. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm with you on gun on guns. I I I don't see the value in, in at this point in our history with violence out of control. I don't see the value in taking guns away from honest, legitimate people. Uh, I think we should be sure that the people who have them are truly honest and legitimate. But when I look at the Butler. Uh, uh, I mean, the Buffalo case, the Butler case, the Buffalo case, I see completely a breakdown of a dysfunctional government. That guy reported the fact that he was going to kill people to three different authorities who, who, who should have, under the red flag laws of New York, reported it. Now, I know there's a disagreement on red flag laws. The reason I have a problem with it is they don't work. Nobody follows them because nobody's afraid. There's not a person in New York who's afraid that Governor Hochul is going to do a damn thing to them. I mean, the, the, the criminals in New York, compared to when I had to deal with the criminals in New York, of which there were probably five times more. Bernie Carrick reminded me that we, we dealt with five times more crime when we came into office than this failure Adams is. And, uh, but they weren't as bold. They weren't. They, weren't they, they were afraid of the cops, believe it or not. But they didn't have public officials like Adams and Hochul and who, who basically, well, Hochul doesn't even talk a big game. Adams talks a big game, and then he's as bad as she is. I don't know which, what do you think is worse? You think it's worse to be like de Blasio and just sort of like all the criminals and make no bones about it that you're, you're, you're in favor of the criminals, not the cops? Or to be like Adams and pretend you're for the cops and then double-cross them by... Uh, Putting putting uh, names on their uniforms so the police know that uh, that in other words send out plainclothes policemen but then when there's an objection because you're scared you put police on their uniform what do you think you think uh, you know make believe that you're really funding the police when you're not uh, which is worse to talk a good game and then fail miserably or to just be sort of straight up and say I'm on the side of the criminals so far. Adams is doing worse than, than, than de Blasio. I think it's going to change. I, I know I criticize him a great deal. and Of course, I'm completely livid at him that he wanted me arrested when I got smashed on the back. And I'm telling you, you look at the one picture of it, all you're seeing is one frame where he touched me. He didn't hurt me that bad, but he didn't hurt me that not so bad. <laughs> And I didn't have him arrested because of me. I had him arrested because of you. Because I figured if he could do this to me, an elderly person, he could do it to you. And I wanted to see if Staten Island would do something about him. So far, they downgraded the charges. Good luck, 78-year-olds. Good luck. And by the way, 
That was wants me arrested for a false report. Nothing false about my report. <laughs> I never signed a report, moron. Now, these people are a danger when they're that stupid. We'll be back in a short while with your calls, and we'll talk about the brighter side of, of the 4th of July because there is a great bright side to it. That doesn't get to you. There's probably some other country better for being <laughs> on. You know, I have to tell you that I was taken on probably my best tour of Gettysburg by uh, the Republican candidate for governor of uh, New Jersey, uh, Colonel Douglas Mastriano, and my partner on Sunday, Dr. Maria Ryan, who both are. Uh, who both are Gettysburg experts, I might add. And I'm a Gettysburg, uh, the, 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 you know, I know a lot about it, but I'm not an expert like them. Wow. And they took me right over to where the Brooklyn Regiment was, who fought an enormously important action in stopping, uh, in stopping the Confederates from, from crossing a lake that could have meant uh, a defeat. And uh, the boys from Brooklyn, all their names are there. So if you ever go to Gettysburg, look look for the Brooklyn Monument from for those people like um, like I think it was uh, Jeff just before who I thought was from the Bronx, but he really was from Brooklyn. Now I tell you that at Gettysburg, you know, and also when I think about race and and and, and all of the complexities of it, and uh, I, I was brought up with a very balanced. Uh, history of America, taught to me by my mother, who was an amateur historian and, and loved it, and by the nuns, who were moral women. Uh, I was taught about the evils of slavery. I felt guilt about slavery, and I felt it wasn't, it was a bad mark against my country. But I also felt pride at the at the, at the boys from Brooklyn and and from Massachusetts, and from New Hampshire, and from Pennsylvania. They gave up their lives at 17, and 18, and 19, and 20 years old to free, to free black men. And I know it took a long time for everything else to work out, but had that not taken place, it would have taken even longer. I think we were the first country to really do it, and the first country to fight a war like that to do it. So when you teach that, and if you want to bring people together, do you want to convince all black people that white people hate them because there was once slavery? Or do you want to teach them that all black people and all white people are very similar? We have good people and bad people. We got 
really bad white people. Man, I put a lot of them in jail. And we got some really bad black people. I put some of them in jail. And then we've got some wonderful of both. And white people died to free black people. And black people died to save America. So why the hell don't we come together? What are we fighting about? What are we fighting about? I don't get it. I, I, to me, this country is not systemically racist. If, if, if you want to come, and I'm, I'm putting a documentary together right now. You want to help me do the documentary. I got three people helping me. And the black guy is better than the white guy who's better than the other guy. Or woman, I'd say. I pick the black guy. If the woman is better than the two of them, I pick her. And if it's the middle one, I pick the middle one. And I'm actually a pretty softy. I probably pick all three. That's what it's about. That's what, that's what Dr. King was talking about. And we all have the inherent talent. This, uh, the race doesn't bring extra intellect, extra this, extra that, extra whatever. <laughs> we're, all, we're all starting off with... You want to get there? Hard work, pal. That's how you get there. So let's go to uh, Greg in, uh, I, I think Greg is in New Jersey. Hello, Gary, man. I'm getting everybody wrong today because I'm writing them down. I'm at home today and I'm writing them down. Gary in New Jersey. Battlefield Mayor, of the you. Revolution. The, yes, sir, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. We, we, you can hear me, right? I hear you, Mayor, great, we know, Gary. We, we know our exceptional republic is in great trouble. We have to keep fighting on the issues and electing the best candidates. But to save America, Mr. Mayor, we have to do more than what we've been doing. The framers of the U.S. Constitution expected power to centralize in our nation and the federal government to become, quote, oppressive and, quote, a power abusing Congress and, quote, encroachments of the national authority. Those quotes are just some of the words of the framers of many quotes on this. They also talked about how it would be up to the people to fix it. And they gave us a solution to this, Mr. Mayor, in Article 5 of the Constitution. It's the Convention for Proposing Amendments, which in either case shall be valid to this Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states or conventions and three-fourths thereof. The framers put this solution into Article 5 unanimously. That's documented in James Madison's notes on September 15, 1787, which everyone can and should look at on the Internet. If we believe in the Constitution, Mr. Mayor, then we should believe in the whole Constitution, including using the whole Constitution. We have to do this not instead of what we've been doing, but in addition to what we've been doing. And the people, Mr. Mayor, are already doing this in an organization and a movement named Convention of States. Mr. Mayor, the legislatures of 19 states have already passed uniform resolutions to do this based on three subjects. Term limits on Congress and federal officials, fiscal restraints on the federal government, and limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. And not only the framers gave us this, Mr. Mayor, but Presidents Jefferson, Lincoln, Eisenhower, and Reagan talked about supporting this process. 
we have their quotes. We have the audios from Presidents Eisenhower and Reagan actually saying their words on this. And modern and present-day supporters of this include Governor DeSantis in Florida, Senator Rand Paul, Governor Mike Huckabee, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Colonel Allen West, Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk. Rush Limbaugh talked about supporting the use of a convention of states process. Mr. Mayor, I want to appeal to you to okay. join. Can I ask you a few questions? This is something I have gotten a great deal of literature about, and I've had many talks uh, with some of the same people you're talking about right now, and uh, and I have an open mind about it. But can I tell can I tell you my reservation? And maybe it's not a correct one, but I, I I'm I'm afraid we might change it the wrong way. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that they gave us a form of government that has worked better than any form of government ever given to man. I agree with you, it is falling apart. So that's a good argument for what you're saying. Maybe it, maybe it worked for a couple hundred years, but they, uh, the, the, the left, and particularly the communists, have figured out how to undermine it, particularly by using this race as a way of divide, uh, using race to divide us. They, they, could, they, couldn't use, um, they, they couldn't use class because we really are a classless society. You can be the poorest guy in the world. You become a millionaire, you're a king, right? So we're a classless society. Uh, but if we had such a convention, are you saying it would be limited to just those three topics? Yes, sir. Mr. Mayor, there's laws of agency that would rule on this where the representatives at such a convention are agents of their state legislatures, bounding them to their instructions given, which is, by the way, that's how the 1787 convention ran. Those yes, delegates, yes. the framers of the Constitution, followed their instructions. That was not a runaway convention, as is a popular mythology that has been built up by opponents of this. And other, there have been numerous 30-something interstate conventions aside from Article 5, even before the founding era, intercolony conventions. None of those conventions ran away. They followed their instructions and their protocols routinely. The so framers this also become... built in a very high bar for this, requiring 34, in other words, two-thirds of the states, they put it as a fraction, because they knew the country would grow in states. So they gave us two-thirds of the states required to have a convention, which is now 34 states. They put the ratification requirement at three-fourths, which is 38 states. That's a supermajority, which only amendments with wide, broad support will pass that high requirement to become ratified. So that's a, that's they, a, I mean, for example— uh, during a convention like this, could you uh, could you could you move that the Supreme Court be expanded to fifty justices? It, it would have to fall within those jurors, the, the germaneness of those three subjects. So, if uh, amendments that pertain to the Supreme Court would have to fall under limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, for example, we could. Propose and hopefully ratify an amendment to clarify the Commerce Clause to reverse Supreme Court decisions that have undermined the Commerce Clause, such as uh, uh, a decision in the 1940s which gave Congress the ability to control what farmers could produce for their own consumption. Um, 
the Supreme Court has undermined the Commerce Clause. It's undermined the General Welfare Clause, the, the Commerce Clause. So we could. I understand. And I understand you, the rationale for what you want to do, which is a very, very, uh, I think, important one, and actually one that would return us closer to the intent of the founders, which is uh, to have a limited federal government. You know, when we think of the separation of powers between the three branches of government, we think of it as sort of structural. It's not. It's a protection for our liberty. Also, the same thing with states' rights. It's a protection for our liberty so that the national government doesn't become too powerful. And it has. So uh, I will I will certainly give it a lot more thought. And I welcome your calling me back to give me more information about it, okay? But understand my concern is I, I don't, I don't want to throw out the, the baby with the bathwater. Yes. My, my concern is they would get control of it, and we could end up with a, a one-party dictatorship, which is what they want. You, you know that, don't you? I mean, you know the Democrats want a one-party dictatorship. And they've made a lot of progress over the last hundred years. Well, they sure years. as hell have. But, Mr. Mayor, the, I think the bottom line is this is a process driven by the people, which is what the framers actually said over and over again, quote, the people talking about this, driving it. That is enormous governing power. We are building our governing muscles. I mean, the people driving this movement. Over five million people, support, Americans, support this movement. And they are working it actively as, as activists in this Convention of States movement in every state legislative district in this nation, regional directors, state directors, district. How many, how many states so far? 19 states and three more this year are close to passing. We're, we're calling it 22 in 2022 slogan. Uh, So we're hopeful we're going to get to 22 states this year alone. We have momentum building. Uh, Former Senator Rick Santorum is our senior advisor. Mark Meckler is the co-founder and president of Convention well, you, of State. You have very, you have very, very good, patriotic, thoughtful people. Uh, not, not a one of which I would have any objection to at all. Uh, and I've, I've, I've kind of laid out for you what my concerns are, but it, I certainly don't have a closed mind to it, and would like to hear a lot more about it. There's no question, we've got to do something to save our country. Sir. And maybe this is it. Well, let me take a look at it. Okay, Gary? You've made the best case for it I've heard so far. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Pleasure. And happy 4th. Happy, happy Independence Day. Happy 4th. Well, that was quite a, uh, quite a um, presentation of uh, the Convention of States, which uh, can at first blush be extremely frightening because you think a whole new constitutional convention in the crazy age in which we live, what the heck would we come up with? Um, still a little fear that there are loopholes away around the limited uh, doctrines that would be uh, uh, that would be considered. Um, let's see if we can talk to Mike in the Poconos. Hello, Rudy. Hi, Mike. Pleasure. I spoke to you a few times over the years. Um, um, I shook your hand three weeks after nine eleven. I volunteered. I knew eight people who, who perished on uh, 9-11. Um, everything you touched upon, uh, Rudy, and the city will never be the same without you as is the uh, supreme mayor that you once were. And this mayor now, it's not even in the same conversation. Uh, it's unbelievable. 
uh, and you touched upon it, as others have, um, what's going on in our once great country. It's a killing field. Democratic cities, Philadelphia, especially, you know, um, you know, especially all the other cities uh, um, that you think of, Chicago. And, you know, at my age, 68, uh, Mayor, uh, I'd like to see a semblance of the country we once had. I missed Vietnam by one year. I worked with a lot of guys, Vietnam vets, uh, MTA. I put in my 25 years. I worked outside 16. And all the reverence I have for police and veterans, especially on 4th of July, there was even something on the radio I was listening to a show this morning. Somebody in, in uh, Chicago said, excuse me, Orlando, said that, well, if you want to, uh, you know, uh, raise your hand uh, and pledge allegiance to the flag, if you still believe in this country, then that's, that's where we're headed. You know, I, I mean, know, I know. It's, it's, dis- it's disgusting, Ronnie. But let's hope, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. Usually when things are the worst, they turn around for the best. Uh, we're going to be back, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to Ronnie about a man who was a great American and a great friend of mine, Dr. Uh, Zelenko, and those will be part of my final words. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani with The Rudy Giuliani Show, and uh, these are the mayor's final thoughts, brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. It's the organization that comes in when a uniform member has lost their lives and make sure that the home is paid paid for, the mortgage is paid for, and the people are taken care of, and is there when people, uniform members, are catastrophically wounded and they need homes in which they can have maximum independence. Could there be a better cause? No. Donate $11 a month to them. You're going to feel better if you do. I'm going to get to my final thoughts on Dr. Zelenko in a moment. Just a couple of things I just had to read to you. Don't miss them. Miranda Devine, if you had the unpleasant experience this July 4th weekend of paying close to $5 for a gallon of gas, you can always comfort yourself with the idea that your pain is for a good cause, the liberal world order. What the heck is that about, the liberal world order? And, and, and uh, people say, I'm crazy because I think we're headed toward communism. The January 6th panel, let's see how many liars they can bring up this week. The last one I know is a liar because she lied about me, and I got witnesses for it. And she lied about the Secret Service agents, by the way. I mean, look, why wouldn't they pick liars? They're all liars themselves. You don't have a bigger liar in America than Shifty Schiff. And they're not going to lie. I have to correct Secretary of State uh, Pompeo in an article, which is an otherwise good article, in the uh, in the New York Post, he, he I don't know what what he's talking about. He said during the dark days of COVID, churches stayed open to give hope to the isolated, sick, and poor in spirit. No, they didn't. They were closed. What he's got it mixed up with is strip parlors stayed open. In fact, there are cases in New York holding that the once Governor Cuomo violated the First Amendment by keeping churches closed so let's get to dr zelenko and to my 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 friend who's on the line uh please please tell us about dr zelenko hello ronnie ronnie yes uh, yes rudy 
Uh, thank you for taking my call. I, I, uh, friends of mine down in Tennessee, I live up in Goshen, New York, uh, text me, and um, I didn't know with all that's been going on if uh, you anyone had made you aware of it. I but, did know that uh, I put out I put out a couple of texts on his career and his background. Uh, I, I should tell you, he became a very good friend of mine, as he did the president. Uh, he saved the lives of three or four of my friends. You should know that. One of whom, one of whom I, I really believe would have died if we hadn't been able to reach him just on time. And he wasn't able to go through hoops to get us hydroxychloroquine. Uh, he was a great man. I'm sure his death was hastened by the way in which he was tortured by the left. Uh, he is loved by the good doctors who take care of people, loved, beloved by them. I've had many doctors on, including him, on this subject, and he's one of their heroes, and he will remain one of their heroes. Dr. Zelenko, great man. How do, how do you know him, Ryan? Well, um, via you, but it's funny. His office, when he was in Monroe, New York, mm-hmm. um, in the same building, when I got off the elevator to see my cardiologist, his office was right to the uh, right to the right. So uh, I never saw him. He was not my doctor, but, uh, but I, the name is you know he had a big name right on the door. And of course, his clientele was predominantly uh, you know Hasidic from Thurid uh, Schultz. But um, and then of course you know when I I, I, I listened to your uh, uh, videos with him. Um, oh yeah, actually, I mean yeah. go back, go back and. Go, go get a few of those, you know, uh, just listen to him. Uh, the brilliant man, he actually explains why hydroxychloroquine with zinc works, how one opens the cell and the other allows the, 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 the therapeutic agent to get in and why it works at the early stages. Now, what Cuomo did to him is absolutely vile. He prohibited the use of hydroxychloroquine in the early stages, and you could only get it in the hospitals where it is the least effective. It's like saying, we're going to treat cancer late. You know, uh, I was just talking to someone about the, the cure for testicular cancer, and if you catch testicular cancer early, you can cure it completely, and if you catch it late, you're a dead man. But you can cure it completely if you catch it early. It's true of almost every disease. Hydroxychloroquine was a fantastic therapeutic agent used at an early stage. And I believe after reading Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, the reason that Fauci and the other people like him were fighting the therapeutics is they wanted to make trillions on the vaccines that are not vaccines. A vaccine doesn't last for four months. Did the polio vaccine last for four months? The vaccines were trillion-dollar money makers. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Happy Fourth of July. We're going to prevail. God's on our side. God's on the side of freedom and justice and decency. God bless America. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.